is Megan Fonder, and for those of you who don't know me, and hi, Elma. <laughs> don't make me laugh. My back is hurting today. Um, anyway, if you are new to this church, I just want to give you an extra special welcome. There is a um, connection card that you'll find in your bulletin. looks like this. We ask that you fill it out, and then before you leave, if you take it, actually today is an extra special day because um, Pastor Tim and Amy are having a meet and greet. If you're even relatively new, if you haven't gotten a chance to connect with them yet, um, or if this is your first day, instead of taking the connection cards to the far corner um, at the welcome desk like usual, we're going to have you take them to the first door on the left hand side no right in the lobby we're having a meet and greet right in the lobby sorry about that so take them over there and you'll get um, a little thank you prize for showing up and just to encourage you to keep coming to show our appreciation for you because this church is amazing you I promise you you will not find another family like this um, in this area anyway all right so Easter is coming fast approaching hallelujah yes and there is a card in your bulletin for you to sign up for anything. There's lots and lots of opportunities to serve. This is one of the biggest outreaches that we do every year. And there's two different um, papers that you can fill out. Put it in the offering plate. Give it to the welcome desk as you leave. Lots of different things that you can do. And then that Monday, April 15th, we're meeting here at the church, 630 to 830, to stuff all the eggs full of candy. So come on out. It's going to be so much fun. And then speaking of that, there's a humongous Easter basket in the middle of the lobby. So grab one of those eggs. It has this welcome or this invitation card in it. And you can go and invite somebody, fill it up with candy, fill it up with something, anything really, and give it to somebody that you want to see here. As I told you last time, my Muslim boss came and opened up lots and lots of opportunity. We even got to talking. I gave him my um, 10 Steps Towards Christ book that we're doing in our uh, life group. And he said that he'll read it and that we're still going to continue our life group and he might show up. So pray for that. Anyway, Pastor Tim, come on up, man. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Awesome. We've been talking about the Bible for several weeks now, and today I want to take the opportunity to kind of pull it all together, okay? And so we've been doing this series called 40 Days in the Word for a lot, many days, many more days than 40. And uh, so today I want to talk about how to integrate God's Word into our lives. And this week's memory verse is an easy one. How many of you are right for an easy one to remember, okay? We can all do this one. Psalm 119, verse 105, and we're trying to memorize this together. Again, we have like over 170 people on our Word team, and our Word team is those of us who said, yeah, I'm going to memorize the verse every week, and I'm going to build my life on the Word of God. And so I just commend you, if you're on our Word team, you're memorizing these verses, you're meditating on these verses, and so this is a good one. We talked about this a few weeks ago, but I love this one. It says, Psalm 119, Let's read it together. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. Okay? God's word lightens our path, shows us the way. And just like I mentioned uh, several weeks ago, it's like a flashlight in the darkness. It only shows you what you need to know just in time. I mean, it'd be nice to see the whole plan of God, but on the other hand, it probably wouldn't be nice to see the whole plan of God. Because we might not be prepared for what's coming yet uh, because of, we might say, there's no way I could do that. Are you crazy, God? No way, you know. But one step at a time, our faith is one step at a time, right? Just like a flashlight, your word is going to guide me, Lord. You're going to guide me one step at a time, and I'm going to trust in you and walk this thing out. God wants you to go on a journey with him, okay? He doesn't want you to just kind of punch a, a religious clock and put him aside and then go on your way and then come back to him 
once in a while. He wants you to walk with him, right? So we're on a journey with God. So one, Psalm 119, 105, how many of you are going to memorize that this week? All right, hide God's word in your heart. So now today we're going to talk about how to integrate God's word into, into our lives. And after this series is over, we've been doing this series for eight weeks, eight weeks. That's a long time, and it's been awesome just talking about the Word of God and really kind of challenging each other to spend time in God's Word every day, spend time memorizing and meditating and learning how to study God's Word, learning how to interpret God's Word, uh, learning how to do these things. It's been awesome, but after the series is over, how do I maintain a heart for God's Word? Because as soon as you stop emphasizing something, sometimes that thing just kind of fades away. But this, this, this series is not meant for, for this message to fade away, right? This, the whole point of spending this time together as a church is to really establish into our lives a lifelong pattern of dependency upon God's Word and daily going to His Word for strength and wisdom and, and help and power and all those things that we need. And so um, how, how do I maintain a heart for God's Word? So today I want to take some time to just go over everything and wrap it all together and use this as an as a, as a outline of just how do we continue forward, um, you know, maintaining a heart for God's Word. In John 8, 31, Jesus is talking, and this is the King James Version, and he says, If ye continue in my word, then ye are, then ye my, well, then are ye my disciples indeed. That's why I don't use the King James Version very often. I can't speak it very well, but. If you continue in my word. And so the reason I pulled this, this translation out is because I like the word continue. Jesus says, if you continue, if you hold, in, in the NIV, I think it says, if you hold to my teachings, if you continue, if you abide in my teachings, if you walk in my teachings, if you continue and you put them into practice, you see the, what he's saying? Then you will be my disciples. And, and what comes next is, is really awesome. Then you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free, right? But Jesus says, you've got to hold on to these teachings. You've got to continue in this lifelong journey of dependency upon God's word. You've got to abide in God's word, abide in, in Jesus. And so that's what we're talking about today. And to use the word in integrate, I, I said at the outset, how to integrate God's word into my life. Um, that's, that's the opposite of another word called segregate, right? Integrate and segregate. And to, to segregate is to separate or to divide into different pieces. And some of us, we're, we have a segregated life. We have uh, my church life here, my family life there, my fa financial life here, my personal uh, hobbies over here, uh, this group of people there. You see what I'm saying? And we have these compartments or we, some of us live a segregated life. And some of us, we, we live this way over here. But when we're over here, we live this way. Uh, and, and, and the opposite of to be segregated is to be integrated. And integrated comes from a word of integrity. Integrity and integrate come from the same root word, which means to be whole. To be whole. To be one piece. To be the same person in this situation and the same person in this situation. With this group of people and with that group of people, so that I'm the same. And, and God wants you to have an integrated life. His word to integrate and make you whole in every area of your life. You know what I'm saying? So that I'm the same 
wherever I am with whatever people I'm around. I'm the same person wherever I am physically, whether I'm in Montrose or Las Vegas or on vacation or at school or at work or in church with this group of people or that group of people that I'm living an integrated life, that God's word is integrated in every area of my life. And, I'm, I'm, and, and God's word doesn't just have influence on me when I'm in church or a few minutes each day when I spend time in the Bible and then I set that aside and then I go to my other world and then I live life the best I can. No, no. God wants you to live an integrated life. He wants his word to be integrated into every area of your life. You see what I'm saying? Because that's what brings success and life and prosperity and freedom and wholeness to us to live a whole life before him. And so Psalm 119, verse 20, says, what I want most of all and at all times is to honor your laws. And so there's a hunger and a desire inside of us to to want to know God and want to know his word and want to honor his word because his word brings us life and freedom, doesn't it? Okay, so how do you become a man or a woman of the word? And so I want to just kind of use the Verses that we've been memorizing to kind of review six steps to becoming a man of God's, a man of God's word, a woman of God's word, a person who is integrating God's word into every area of your life. And so we're going to kind of review some of the, the verses that we've been memorizing and pull that together uh, and, and celebrate what God has taught us, okay? Number one, to be a man of, of the word or a woman of the word, I must build my life on the word. I must build it. And last week's memory verse, came out of uh, the parable or the story of the wise man and the foolish man, remember? And Matthew 7, 24 was the verse that we were meditating this last week. It says, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. And so uh, the first way that we need to become, the first step that we need to become a man of God's word or a woman of the word is we have to build, purposely, build our life on God's word. We are going to let God's word be the authoritative voice in our lives. And we're going to one, two by four at a time, one, one little board at a time. We're going to put a principle of truth into place, and we're going to hammer that into our foundation. And another thing here, and that becomes a new attitude for us. And this piece over here, oh, that's a new, new belief that I need to put into place. And here's a new habit that I'm going to build. And we just start building one day at a time. We're going to build our lights on God's word. Every nugget that God gives us, we're going to say, oh, yeah, got another piece. Got another piece to the building. My life is the building. And, and God's going to build something great in your life if you allow him. And so here's four foundations you do not want to build on. But we're, we're tempted to at times, okay? Popular culture. Popular culture says, I just do what everybody else is doing. The problem with that is today what's cool or what's in style is not cool or in style <laughs> tomorrow. Those of you who grew up in different, you know, generations in the 80s, you know, some of that stuff, it's not cool today anymore. <laughs> uh, and 70s and whatever, you know. Things change all the time. Our culture is always changing. And so if you build your life on what everybody else is doing, then your foundation is always shifting, and you're always trying to catch up, and it's, and it's unstable. The Bible says here in Exodus 23, verse 2, don't follow the crowd in doing wrong. We have a foundation that is secure. 
It's firm. It's eternal. It's not shifting. You can build your life on God's word, okay? Don't build it on what's popular today because tomorrow will be something different. You'll always be changing. The second foundation you don't want to waste your time building on is tradition. And that would be, I do it because I've always done it that way. Or that's just the way that we do it. But traditions can wear out. Traditions can become obsolete. They can become invalid after time. But, but this is what Jesus said to, to some people during his day. He says, you've let go of the commands of God, and you're holding on to the traditions of men. You've actually lost the true meaning of what we're doing. This can happen in church, can't it? We could be doing communion, and somewhere along the way, we could just be doing something and lost its significance or its meaning. But we don't ever want to do that. We don't want to just do something. We want to connect with God, right? We come to church. We don't want to come to church because it's the right thing to do. We come to church to experience the presence of God and the power of God and the dynamic of being together in this spiritual family and loving each other and encouraging each other and praying for each other and building each other up. And God does something really cool here. We don't just show up because it's something we're supposed to do. But we, we, we don't just hold on to tr- traditions for tradition's sake. We need what's, lo- what's full of life, right? And God is full of life. The third um, foundation you don't want to build your life on is reason. You know, you may say, well, I've always thought, or I've always believed, or this is what makes sense to me. But how many of you know that our, our reasoning is not infallible? <laughs> Sometimes we're wrong. Sometimes we're convinced we're right. And yet we're still wrong. Sometimes we can lie to ourselves until we believe our own lies. And, and it gets us into trouble. Proverbs 20, uh, 16, 25 says there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. And so, you, you know, I like reason. Most of the time I'm trying to be reasonable in my own life. I'm trying to think things through. Uh, but, but I'm fallible. But God's word is infallible. God's word is always true. It never changes, never shifts. Uh, opinions change, but God's word doesn't change. And reason is always trying to catch up to God, isn't it? We said that a few weeks ago about science. Science is always just discovering what God's already known, <laughs> how God built things, how God did things. Uh, and the fourth foundation that we don't want to build our life on is emotion. Well, if it feels good, then I do it. If it doesn't feel good, I don't do it. But how many of you know our feelings can lie to us too, right? Our feelings are not a good barometer for wisdom. Uh, if you do live by your feelings, then you're going to be manipulated by your moods your entire life. You're only going to do things when you feel like doing them. You're never going to do How many of you have done things that you didn't feel like doing, but you knew you needed to do them? And how many of you know that's the way to being successful, <laughs> right? You know, you just don't do homework when you feel like doing homework. Uh, you don't feel, you don't just go to work whenever you feel like going to work. It's not going to work out very well for us, right? And so God's word guides us and strengthens us. And there was a time in the Bible where you can read about the mess that people got in, in the book of Judges. And it says here in Judges 21, 25, at that time there was no king in Israel and people did whatever they felt like doing. And there was no vision, there was no growth, there was no structure, there was no honoring of God in, the, in that time of the Bible. And people, it was chaos. And uh, nobody was moving forward in their faith. And so we want to build on the Word of God, okay? The second verse that I want to remind you of in our second step in becoming a man of God's Word and a woman of God's Word is not just building on it, but feeding on it. We need to feed on God's Word. You remember Colossians 3.16? 
It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let it live in you richly. Not a little bit. Don't just gaze at it uh, or, or glance at it, but gaze into it. Let it really nourish your soul. Let it, let it just saturate your very being. And so the Bible says of itself, the Word of God says of itself in, ter- in terms of an analogy, it, it's water to us, it's milk, it's bread, it's meat, it's spiritual food. So this is your spiritual food and nourishment and substance. You need to feed on the Word of God. This is what makes you spiritually strong, is the Word of God. We, just like we eat food that makes us you know, physically strong, this is our spiritual food that makes us spiritually strong. And how many of you know that we have a spiritual battle that's raging all the time? And if you go into a battle and you haven't eaten for a day or two days or three days, and you're, you, you'd be physically weaker, you wouldn't be prepared for that battle. But how many of you know you need to be prepared spiritually for the battles that come against us, right? And this is your spiritual strength. This is your spiritual guide. This is your spiritual substance that you need to rely on. And so how do you feed on the Word of God? And this is some of, some of the things that we talked about before, so it's kind of review. But the first one is, I need to receive it with my ears. And Romans 10, 17 says, we, faith comes from hearing the Word, hearing the Word, hearing the Word of God. And so as we continue beyond this series, these are habits that we need to put into, into practice. And I want to challenge you, commit to coming to church to hear, to hear the Word of God. In fact, Sometimes, some of you are doing this already, read the Bible out loud. Because when you read the Bible out loud, you're not just seeing it with your eyes, but you are hearing it with your ears. And the Bible says faith comes from hearing it, hearing it. Even if you're the only one speaking and you're saying it out loud, it will build your faith. Something about that is important. And so my first challenge to you as far as how do you feed on the Word of God is to... um, is to listen to it and come to church to hear the Word of God, okay? The second one is I read it with my eyes. And this is the challenge that we've been talking about throughout this series is to take a daily time to read the Bible with our eyes, that we spend time studying the Word of God and putting it into practice. The third point I want to make is I research it with my hands and my mouth. And that is, uh, this is, this is something that's a new challenge for some, some of us, to study the Bible is different than reading the Bible, okay? To read the Bible, you read it, and, you know, your, your, your eyes are going through it. Maybe you're saying it out loud. But to study the Bible means that you are now taking out a pen or a pencil, and you have a journal, and you're interacting with it, and there's something more that happens in your retention and your, and your thinking when you write down stuff that God's saying to you. Oh, wow, that verse means something to me. You write it out. You write that verse out. Remember, there's this very interesting command in the Old Testament, I think it was in Leviticus, where, um, where the kings of Israel were commanded by God to write out their own copy of the Torah. They were commanded, you write out your own copy and keep it with you and study it every day so that you will be sure to follow the commands of God. That was one of the main responsibilities of the king. Did you know that? They had to write out their own copy. And Jesus, I mentioned this at least once a year because I'm so excited about this idea. Jesus is the king of kings and lord of lords, right? And he's writing out his copy, and he's writing it 
on your heart. Isn't that awesome? One line at a time. When you give him space in your life, he begins to speak to you, and he begins to write his word on your heart by his spirit. He's rewriting your programming. He's rewriting your heart, and he's putting his word in your heart so that you will, you will be alive in him. Isn't that awesome? And so uh, we need to study God's word, and one of the ways that we learn best is in groups and talking about God's word and what we're learning, and we share that with other people. I've mentioned this before. If you take something that you've learned and you turn it around and you teach somebody else what you've learned, you're going to remember 95% of what you just shared to that person. If you just read it, you'll remember 10%. If you read it, study it, write it down, you go up to like, you know, 40, 50%. And if you talk about it with someone else, you're like 50, 60%. But if you teach some, somebody something that you've learned, like I get to do every week, you remember 95%. And what that means is it's not about trying to stuff all this information in your head. It's about walking out the principles of life in your daily routine. That's where we're trying to get to, right? Isn't that awesome? So I really want to challenge you to get connected to a life group so you can talk about what God is teaching you, and you can share, and you can grow together in your faith because we grow best together just discussing what God is doing. All right, number four, I need to reflect on God's Word with my mind, and that's why we are meditating on God's Word and thinking about God's Word. I'm going to share something with you about that in, in just a minute. And then finally, I remember it with my heart, and that's, that's where we are memorizing the Scriptures. So I got this jar up here, and uh, I don't have a, a, a coffee mug that's glass, so I had to use a jar. But how many of you like tea? Anybody like tea? Yeah, me too. So here's a tea bag. This is good old-fashioned Lipton black tea, and you know how that works. Um, this, this jar, you know, when you look at it, it's a jar of water. And you got this tea, and I kind of liken this to, uh, you know, our, our process here of, of getting the word into us. And if I just take this tea bag once like this, and it's going to be hard to see, maybe I'll hold it up against the board. And I dip it in once, you know, you don't really see much of a difference, do you? And so some of us, we're like, we're just kind of like, oh, oh, that's a nice verse. And then we dip it in, and, and that's it. We go on our, our way. But... Or then we go to church and we, we, we go, oh, yeah, that's pretty good. And we dip it in a few times. But if you really, you know, nobody would want to drink that. It's just a jar of water. But we're going to just kind of let that tea bag soak in there a little bit. And because there's so much water, I've got to cheat a little bit. I've got to use two because this is way bigger than what my normal cup is. And you can see where I'm going with this. After time, this tea it will start to, I think, will start to absorb into the water and that is the analogy of the Word of God for us. When this verse, Colossians 3.16, says, let it dwell in you richly, it's like you need to be soaked in the Word of God. It needs to saturate, not just a little dip, not just once in a while, but it needs to be the primary focus of our attention, the primary focus of our, of our mind and our thoughts and our meditation. The psalmist says, Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O oh Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And there's this, there's this idea, and I was thinking about this earlier this week, how we, we get so caught up in other things. So many things grab our attention. And it was drawing me back to really um, another point I wanted to make uh, about the, the, the sower, the 
parable of the sower. So I'm going to skip to point number four, and I want to just jump into this story real quick because I have taught on this recently, but I wanted to share with you out of Luke chapter 8, there's a story of the sower and sowing seed. I want to read it for you. The sower went out to sow his seed, okay? And as he sowed, some fell beside the road, and it was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air came and ate it up. Other seed fell on rocky soil, and as soon as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it out. And then other seed fell into the good soil, and it grew up, produced a crop a hundred times as great. So you have four different types of soil. Someone's sowing seed, a hard, hard surface, um, and then kind of a, a shallow soil surface, and then a thorny surface with other thorns and weeds, and then good soil. And, and the idea, the main point of this parable that Jesus is making is, how does the Word of God grow in your life? And that's what we're talking about today. How do I become a man of God's Word, a woman of God's Word? How does this stuff right here going to get into my life in a way that makes a difference, that it produces a hundredfold crop in my life? How many of you want to have a fruitful life, a life filled with, if this Bible says that you can have peace, then how many of you would like to figure out, how do I have that peace? How do I get it off the page, off the page, into my heart and change me so that I'm a person of peace? How do I do that? How does the fruit come? Well, that's what this story is all about. Jesus is teaching us. This is how you do this. This is how the Word of God can grow in your life. How do you, you look at this and you say, there's a purpose for my life. God says there's a purpose that he's chosen me, then I'm his. How do I find that purpose? How do I get it off the page into my, in, into my life? The Bible says this is how you do it. So there's four different soils, okay? The first soil is hard. The seed bounces off the soil. Now, what is the seed in the story? Anybody know what the seed is? The seed is what? It's the Word of God. So the Word of God is coming right now. In this moment, right now, you are one of these four soils. Your heart right now is one of these four soils. And it can change by minute by minute. (laughs) I mean, it could be hard right now. In 10 minutes, it might be soft. It might be, you know, it, it, it all depends. Uh, and so that's what the story is about. So this first one is it's hard soil, and it represents a closed mind. It represents pride. It, I'm I'm fine, or I'm I uh, I don't want to change. I don't I have a closed mind. I'm not I'm not open to what God wants to say to me today. In fact, I'm mad at Him about some things. And if you're ever mad at anybody, you're not gonna listen to the, you know you're not gonna receive anything from them, right? Any parents can testify to that. And you can see it. It's just closed. Doors closed, hard heart, hard ground, and it bounces off, just bounces off, right? And so the Bible says what happens is that seed is immediately lost. The enemy comes, just gobbles it up. It's gone. It didn't get received. Did not, the soil did not receive it at all. And so the, the key here is to cultivate an open mind, to let God speak to us, to have a humble heart, to say, God, I want to hear I want to receive. I want to, I want to have you speak to my life, to, into my heart. That's the, the remedy there for that kind of soil. All right, the second kind of soil that we read here is shallow soil. It says that it goes in 
and it, and it immediately sprouts up, but it, it withers immediately. It just doesn't have any root system get, that gets developed. And as soon as the sun comes out, it just withers and it's gone. There's no depth to it. It's a shallow, like a shallow mind. It's just superficial, superficial. And this can be um, basically not letting the Word of God have any time to develop in our lives. It's just superficial. It says, oh, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, oh, oh I like that. And then, but then there's no uh, energy going to nurture it, to hold on to it, to meditate upon it, to memorize it, to, to let it work on you at all. It's just superficial. And so it just comes and it goes, and it comes and it goes. And it feels good, but it's gone within, uh, you know, an, an hour or, or a day. or It just doesn't last because there's nobody, you're not putting any energy into it. You're not holding on to it, like Jesus said, if you hold to my word. You hear what I'm saying? And so it just, it just uh, you know, dissipates quickly. And so, we, you know, there's busyness that comes into play. There's apathy. There's laziness. There's undisciplined lifestyles that we just don't give, give the word any extra help to grow in our lives. And so it just withers. The remedy to that is they have a hungry heart. And to do what we've been doing, and you see this is starting to change? It's starting to, can you see that now? It's starting to get a little, little darker and a little bit more appetizing. Mm-hmm. Throw some ice cubes in there. Too bad it's not hot out here. That would be a better analogy. But the, the, the remedy to shallow soil is to study God's Word, to meditate on His Word, to take whatever, any, at any time during this message or this service, if anything moves upon you, a thought that's coming from God, to hold on, to grab that thought, don't let that thing go, and to say, oh, I got I to gotta think about that today, and I got I to gotta put some effort and energy into putting that into my new way of thinking because God just moved upon me. He was just saying something to me. That verse struck me. What was it about that verse? What, what was God saying to me? And you actually put energy into that, and you cultivate it, and you nurture it, and you begin to protect it and let it grow. Otherwise, you just had this passing, oh, there was something about that service. There was something that moved upon me. I don't remember what it was, but it felt good. It was cool. Okay, that's superficial. It's not going to produce any fruit if you don't give it some root, right? You got to give it some root time. You got to meditate on it. got to let it change you, let, let it affect you. The third soil, we're getting closer here, but the third soil is soil with weeds and thorns. It's mixed. Other things are growing alongside of it. And I wanted to share just kind of an analogy with you. And this, to me, is a preoccupied mind. And the Bible says very clearly that there's three things that, that cause uh, the Word of God to be choked out, to be smothered, to be uh, rendered useless before it gets to the fruit stage. And it's the worries of this world. It's the deceitfulness of chasing after wealth. And it's just the desire for other things, being preoccupied with other things. And I was thinking about this, and I wanted to draw you a little picture, okay? So let's go to art class, and we are going to try to draw a brain. Okay. How's that look? That is your brain, okay? Your brain. All right. Or your mind. And when we look at this scripture, this has been... Uh, Something I've been thinking about. Because this isn't, just, um, this isn't just something that we decide once. 
This is something that's happening all the time. Jesus is saying that your soil can be, uh, can be um, hard. You can have a day, a moment, when you're just, you're hard. You're prideful. You don't want to hear from God. You can have a day where something just, God speaks to you, and you just don't hold on to it. It's superficial. You don't give into it. You don't let it grow. You could have a day where, or a moment where you're, um, you're allowing the worries of this world. You could be chasing after other things to choke out what God was trying to do in your life. Or you could be good soil. You could be good soil, which is a willing mind, a humble heart, receiving the word of God and protecting the word of God long enough for it to come to fruit, okay? And so here's some of the factors I was thinking about with our brain. And... Uh, it has to do with God's word versus the world's word. God's word versus the world's word. Okay? Which one are you feeding on the most? So I, I think about things like this. The, the, we know that these things influence us a lot. The books that we read are going to influence our, our thinking. The books that we read, the book that we read will influence you, the books that you read and the friends that you have influence you more than anything else in your life. They influence the way that you think. They influence the, the things that you do. They influence the values that you, you hold to. So, you either need to pick really great friends uh, or you need to have really strong values that, that help, uh, you know, attract these kinds of friends to you. But whatever company that you hold, that, that company has a huge influence on your life. Now, you can't choose your family, but your family has a huge impact on how you live, what you believe is good or wrong or values and things that you, that you live by, the patterns. Other things that we see uh, increasingly, if you're a student, you have teachers, coaches, and college professors that have a big impact on your thinking because they're teaching you from a position of authority, and what they say you, you already believe is true just because of the position they're in. But not everything they say is true. But the, 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 the things that are, are being taught to us in a classroom have a very big impact on how we see things. We see this especially in colleges today where there's, there's a lot of things being taught that I would disagree with and say that it's not right. How about the music that we listen to? How about the social media stuff that we are involved with? And TV and movies and everything that we're allowing to have input into our brain, you cannot get away from this, impacts what you're thinking. And here's what Jesus said. There is a battle going on. Who are you listening to the most? God's word or the world's word? If you are filling your thoughts with things out here that are contrary to God's word, then that's going to win. The world's word will win. 
It will choke out God's word if God's word is not preeminent in your, in your mind and the, the focus of your life. And it is a very real battle that we all face. We already live in a world that's filled with contrary thoughts to God's word and God's ways, right? So if you are not intentionally uh, taking God's word and disciplining yourself to believe God's word and to put it into practice, then this right here is already against that from happening, and you won't grow. The word will get choked out. We have to be, the Bible talks about us as athletes, as soldiers, um, and what's the other one? Athletes, soldiers, and farmers, Paul says. And so as a farmer would plant, we need to plant what kind of seed? The right kind of seed. So we know this. Kids don't like us to talk about it. But music, the games, the social media stuff, as parents, as grandparents, listen, we know this stuff has an effect on our kids. They don't like us to talk about that. But when you are constantly listening or, or engaging in dialogue or hearing words that are contrary to God's word, it has an effect. If you are more engaged with the world than you are with the word, then you're going to believe the world. You're going to act like the world. So if you want what the world's given you, which is death, brokenness, pain, hurt, disillusionment, depression, if you want that, then, then that's easy to get. But if you want life, you want peace, you want wholeness, you want purpose, you want excitement, okay, then you have to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. You have to hold on to, you have to continue in, you have to abide in, you have to remain in his word. Otherwise, it will get choked out by the world. The worries of this world, the worries and the pressures of life, and I've noticed this one day, uh, I'm living my life, I'm in the word, and then all of a sudden something happens, right? And the pressure of this life or the worry of this world or if some situation comes upon me and it could hijack my day and it could just take me over here to this fear, worry, stressed out lifestyle. It could take me there for minutes, could take me there for hours, could take me there for days if I'm giving myself to that worry. It will take over. But if I give myself to the word, it equips me and empowers me to not be captivated by the thoughts of this world and the pressures of this world and the worry of this world and the stress of this world. But he will give me the word of God. God will give me hope, will give me strength, will give me wisdom, will give me peace in the midst of that struggle. You hear what I'm saying? So this is, this is the real world that we live in right here. And Jesus says, listen, if you don't focus on this, if you don't protect the word and you don't pull those weeds out as they start growing, you see a little weed of worry, pull it out. Protect the word that's growing. Because if you don't pull the weeds out, if you don't guard against worry and cast your cares on the Lord because he cares for you, so any worry, any anxiety, any stress that comes upon you, the Bible's given us great promises that said, get rid of it, give it to God. Cast it to him because he cares for you and you can have peace. If you do that, you're protecting the word to still grow in you and produce life in you. 
If you don't cast it, it keeps growing. and It'll take over, right? And so Jesus says, pull those weeds, protect the word, and you will have fruit. Fruit, a fruitful life. The word will grow in you. And so that was point four of this, this message. To I need to grow through the word of God. Um, I want to back up to point three. And uh, I want to, I if you're following your log notes, I need to live by the word of God. Okay? The Bible says here in Psalm 119.11, I've hidden your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. And sin uh, produces, it's not just bad. It's not like, oh, you bad person, you sin. No, that's not the point of sin from God's perspective. It's not, it's not about good and bad. Remember, Jesus didn't come to make bad people good people. He, made, he came to make dead people alive, right? So he's not trying to get you a goody two-shoes. He's trying to give you life. And sin produces death. Sin produces death. It produces brokenness, pain, hurt. It, it always hurts us and damages us. So God isn't about you trying to follow his rules. He's about trying to get you to experience his life. So the psalmist says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you, that, that I might be able to follow you and experience this, this life that you have for me. And so we need to live by it. And so what I mean by living by the word of God is this needs to be our standard right here. This needs to be the standard that we live by, not the world standards, not the popular opinion of the day or, or what's popular or whatever or what the, some TV host says or anybody else, but what the Word of God says, this is our standard, this is how we're going to live. Now, Psalm 1 is an awesome psalm. I would encourage you to memorize it, uh, and it's, it's not difficult to memorize. It's a short psalm, but let me read it to you. It says, blessed is the man. Blessed is the woman who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. To walk in the counsel of the wicked is to, is to um, believe in the world's wicked ways, is to believe wrong about, about life. Uh, or stand in the way of sinners. To stand in the way of sinners doesn't mean you're trying to stop them. It means you're actually standing with them in their sin. You're, you're walking in sin. Or sit in the, in the seat of mockers. But his or her delight, is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he, she, meditates day and night. Meditates day and night. In what? In the word. Your brain, your mind, your thoughts, you can tell your brain what to think about. You can tell your brain, you know, what to meditate on. You can choose worry or you can choose word. You can choose, you know, stress or you can choose peace. You can train yourself you can be a disciple, and a disciple comes from the same word as discipline. You can discipline your mind with the help of God to say, this is how I'm going to live my life. I'm going to live it according to God's way. And this is what it says. If you do that, he or she is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, and whatever he or she does prospers prospers. Joshua 1.8, keep this book of the law on your lips, meditate on it day and night so that you're careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. The word of God. We want to be men and women of the word. Because if you're a man of the word and a woman of the word, you are living 
You are living life to the full. And there's going to be challenges, but you will be equipped. There's going to be storms, but your house will stand strong because you built your house on the rock. You will be prosperous. You'll be successful. The Bible says that you don't live your life by the values of the world, by the, but by the standards of the Bible. And the Word of God will give you hope when you're in crisis. The Word of God will give you comfort when you're in despair. It will give you strength when you're weak. It will give you wisdom when you're confused. It will give you guidance when you need direction. It will give you victory over temptation. It will give you healing when you're sick. Can I get an amen? It is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And God will light your way. Um, the other, other short um, points I'm going to make is number five in your notes, that I need to act on God's word. That comes from James 1.22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Number six, I must trust the word of God. And that's this week's memory verse, Psalm 119, 105. Uh, that, that your word is a lamp to my feet a light for my path. It, you need to trust what it's showing you to do. You need to walk God's word out one step at a time, and God will lead you and guide you. I want to remind you that you only believe the parts of the Bible that you're actually doing. So it's very important to, to be honest with yourself. You're, you only actually believe the parts of the Bible that you're doing. And so if you, if you don't really believe meditating on the Bible day and night and filling your, your thoughts with God's Word really will lead to success and prosperity, then you're probably not doing it. But if you believe that, you start to do it. You start to say, well, yeah, maybe, maybe I can choose some different music that will keep my mind on God's Word. Maybe I could choose some different social media or focus my attention on something different or maybe I can read some different thing or maybe I should read the book a little bit more. You see what I'm saying? If you believe what the Bible says, then you start to do it. And once you start to do it, you start to, to be blessed and experience it, experience God's love. So I want to end our service with, look at that T. Doesn't that look beautiful? Oh, yeah. There we go. Need some lemon and some ice and some sugar. A jar of tea. This is right up your alley, isn't it, Preston? <laughs> Sit it outside on the porch in the sun, let it cook. This is sweetened tea. This is, a, this is what, you know, God wants you to look like. He wants you saturated in his word. He wants you saturated, not just a, a little dip, but that we are just soaking in God's word. All the time, right? It will make a huge difference in your life. So as we close our service, I let, uh, in your uh, folder, if you received a bulletin on your way in, there's a half a sheet of paper um, that looks like this. It says 40 days in the word covenant. This is for you. It's not for me. Uh, but I, I think that there's something powerful to signing my name. I think you would agree. When we sign our name to something, something happens. It's a, it's a stronger resolution that we make when we sign a contract. We sign our name on something. This here, uh, I don't have time to go into it, 
but there are some major, and there's only a few. I would say maybe somewhere between 8 to 12. It's just kind of debatable on, on how you break it down. 8 to 12 major decisions in life that you ought to make that will lead you into a great life of prosperity and success. And this is one of those 8 to 12 decisions. This decision is this. I make a decision to live my life according to the Word of God. I'm going to build my life on the Word of God. I'm going to follow the Word of God. I'm going to feed on it, build on it, grow through it, trust in it. I'm going to build my life on the Word of God. This is one of the most important decisions that you can make in your life is to say, that's me, I'm doing it, I'm choosing God's Word to be true for me, and it's going to impact every area of my life. And if my life is here and the Word of God is here, then I'm going to align up with the Word of God. That's what I'm saying. This is one of the most important decisions you can ever make in your life. And then what you do is when you make these type of decisions, I made a decision when I was a young person that I was going to remain pure until I got married. I was challenged by my youth pastor. He really challenged us. And he says, you make the decision now, not, not in the middle of the movie when the lights are low. You make your decision now based on what God says and, and what's true and what's best for you. So as a young person, I signed something. I said, I'm making that decision for my life. Then you have to manage that decision, right? But you make the decision. And that's what I'm asking you to do today. And some of you have already done this, I know. But this is for you. It's not for me. You're not going to turn this in or not or whatever. But I want to read through this. And if you feel like, yeah, I am going to make this decision, this would be a great moment for you, especially if you're a young person and you've never really made a decision to build your life on the Word of God. This is a huge moment for you because if you manage this decision the rest of your life and you keep coming back to this and learning how to read and study and apply and, and do this daily, you will be successful and prosperous in all your ways. It's a big deal. So if you want to, want to do this, you can sign this and you can put it somewhere, you know, in your home or somewhere that you would see it just reminding you, yes, I am a man of God's word. Yes, I'm a woman of God's word. I'm committed to this because God loves me. He's for me. He's given this to me as a gift for me to know how to live life to the full. It says, all scriptures God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17. I commit to living a life transformed by God's word, by reading God's word daily, by putting God's word into action, by memorizing God's word. So if that's you, you can sign this out, uh, spill this out today and uh, put it somewhere where, you know, you'll be reminded of it. But I'm reminded as a young person, that was one of the other top decisions of your life. If you're a young person, to make a decision to live a life of purity. That would be one of my, my top ten decisions in life right there. But the top decision, the most important decision in all of life is Receiving Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That's the most important decision because it's not just changes the quality of life here on earth. It establishes your eternity with Him in heaven. The second most important decision, in my opinion, is who you marry. (laughs) 
It's who you marry. And uh, so let's stand together this morning. If you're here this morning and um, you felt God in this place and you want to know him and you're not sure where you stand, you're not sure where you stand with Jesus, I just want to invite you to make Jesus the Lord of your life. It is the most important decision that a person makes because it changes our entire life, doesn't it? We, we become born again. If that's you this morning, you want to get right with God, you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, I want to pray for you right now uh, before we go. So would you bow your heads? If that's you, say, Pastor, that's me. I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I want to make him my Savior. I want to be forgiven of my sins. I want to know that I'm, I'm on my way to heaven. If that's you, would you just lift your hand up right where you are just so I can agree with your decision this morning and celebrate with you? If that's you, lift your hand up high. Okay, I don't see any hands. I think that means we're all ready on our way to heaven. But let's get some heaven down here on earth. What do you say about that? Yeah. So I'm going to pray for us, those of us who are, we're kind of concluding the series today. Next week, Nate's going to come and share a little bit with us uh, on Genesis. But I want to pray that God will continue to stir in us a hunger for his word. And the things that we went over today, that God will help us put all these principles into practice so we can just keep growing and being alive in him. God's called us to be men and women of his word. And so I just want to pray that blessing upon you. How many of you want to be a man of God's word, a woman of God's word? Okay, let me just pray for us, okay? Thank you, Lord. God, we just thank you, Lord. We, we pray, Lord, that you will help us, help us to grow in our faith in you and create a hunger, Lord, in us, even greater than what we already have for your word. Lord, pull away the wrong thinking that we've had with regards to the Bible with regards to you or our relationship. Lord, if there's any wrong thinking that's holding us back, Lord, just rip that away. Pull those lies apart. So, Lord, we are excited and we are full of life and we are hungry for your ways to be established in our lives. And, Lord, we commit ourselves today to be a man, a woman of the Word. God, help us to grow, to feed, to understand, to learn to discipline ourselves, Lord, to give you a place and time every day to speak to us. Help us to learn how to meditate on your word. Help us, Lord, in our attempts to memorize your word, to hide your word in our heart that we might know you and not sin against you, that we might have a life filled with prosperity and success. Thank you, Lord. I pray your love, your joy, your peace upon each one here this morning. I pray that prosperity and success upon each one here this morning. I pray that, God, you will empower them to be transformed by the renewing of their mind according to your word as they study, as they read, as they meditate, as they memorize, as they feed on your word. Lord, I just pray for a great life of fruitfulness into their, their lives in Jesus' name. And, God, that you'll help them to protect the seed that you're planting in their hearts today. Help them to pull the weeds, to recognize the worry, to recognize the deceitfulness of pursuing wealth or other things, to stay focused on your word. And God, we just commit ourselves to you today as your sons and your daughters to continue to grow and to know you more and more. And may, Lord, the fruitfulness of our lives begin to be a blessing to those around us in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen.
Amen. Um, we're going to close our service. You guys got a song for us? And uh, as, we, as we do, I just want to invite you on April 14th, all the uh, community of faith, the Montrose community of faith, we're going to come together. It's Palm Sunday, and hopefully it'll be a beautiful day at 3 o'clock. And we're going to go for a walk around the city. It's called the Crosswalk. And we're going to walk together with the Baptist Church, the Wesleyan Church, the Catholic Church, all of them, Methods, all of them in Montrose. We're going to walk together as a body of faith of believers. We're going to stop and we're going to pray for our schools, for our city, for our township, for our churches. And it's about a mile and a half walk if you can join us. If you can't uh, walk that whole way, you can just meet us and drive if you want. But it's just right around the city. It's 3 o'clock on April 14th. I would love to have you come and just pray. Pray God's blessings you know, over our community. And uh, as the service is concluded, we have some uh, black tables right in that far corner. I'm pointing when you came in the church, immediately on your left. If you're new here today, my wife and I would love to meet you. It's called our meet and greet today. Just go right over to one of those black tables. We'll be hanging out over there. I think